I am just one big husky guy. Because I went from wearing husky jeans to having uh, husky thighs. And when they're busting out, the eyes on my lady don't lie. Because, um, <laughs> you know, as a Fergie would say, I can't sing during the national anthem either. Um, <laughs> oh, God bless America, though. Uh, even though sometimes when I flex these quads, it does look like a striped flag. Um, <laughs> all right. There's my ego. But you know what? I'm like just one big blueberry waffle. Um, I'm probably in some people's phones. They show it to their friends just so they can laugh at it. And then they save it. So then 12 years later, they can use that as an extortion. Kind of like Trevor Bowers situation. Damn, I almost forgot about that. But it's actually quite a while ago. I don't remember if I talked about it on the show yet. But so apparently that whole Trevor Bowers situation where the guy, the baseball player, the woman who accused him of doing X, Y, and Z. You guys can look up all this stuff. I actually think I did an episode in real time when it happened. It didn't look good at the time, but I was still like, hey, you know, I don't know. It seems like, uh, it seemed like, you know, there was some kind of prying come from her side. But, you know, I watched enough HR videos to just like be so numb to that stuff. I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, <laughs> You know, all these HR, you know, tutorial videos, you know, man, like for these, if anyone's ever done a job where you start out and you have to do all these training videos, you know, God, the HR stuff's insane. It's like, yes, I know. Don't discriminate against someone for their, you know, race, religion, sex. And then it's like, well, in case that was enough information, you don't make it. <laughs> now they're very specific with it. They're like, hey, don't, uh. Don't assume someone's sexual uh, prowess or don't assume someone someone's sexual abilities by their appearance and harass them about it. It's like, you know, I don't think that's actually really a thing that happens that often. I don't think people go around like, that guy looks like he can't fuck. Ah, she looks like she can't do this. And like, hey, I don't know if you know, but I don't think you could do it. You typically would only go to ones that you think can do it. And then be like, so, you uh, you start really well, I see. And then you notice, like, the sugar is, you know, uh, has mold and bacteria. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, these videos are very descriptive. They're very intense. And I'm just like, who the, like, you know, you guys just couldn't keep your hands to yourself like, it's really not that hard. Like, the think about the optics of being in a workplace and just thinking, like, you know what? Let me, uh, let me, let me slip a, get a feel for that Rolo in there, you know? <laughs> let, me, let me get a feel for that melted Milky Way. Let's see what's going on down there. Like, you know, you, you guys just couldn't help yourself, you know? You couldn't wait till after work and just chewed some hubba bubba. Um, <laughs> it's an endless tape. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing, you know. It loses flavor really quickly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, I guess the moral of all this is uh, just stay out of HR. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to be one of these advocates out here and be like, you know what? You know what? Anytime you have an issue, just go to HR. It's like every single time. My experience with people in HR, you know, they have to take what you say serious, your claims, and they should. But like, if you're going to HR every two weeks about every little thing, if I'm someone in HR, I'm just going to look at you and be like, have you ever heard of just like dealing with shit and moving on with your day? Like I, we've basically turned HR people into babysitters, into we we have to have this avenue where 
things in life or whatever is not, we don't get catered to. So people use customer service and we use HR because they know their whole job is just to accommodate. Jesus Christ, if I hear the word accommodate one more fucking time, I swear to God, I'm going to accommodate some feelings I have. But I know the severity. I know why these videos and tutorials are designed, but it's still like, God, like that's got to be one of the most draining jobs is to just deal with what people are unhappy about. Because that's all when people come to you. No one comes to HR office as a regular employee of a place and be like, hey, I just want to tell you, you know, my manager is really amazing about making me feel safe. Because you know what? If you come to them and be like, why the fuck would you waste my time telling me that? Be like, all right. How about you just go fill out a survey or go tell them that? It's like, you know what? They say if we have any comments, just come to you guys or gals. And they're just like, yes, I got shit to do. So please, thank you. But tell the people that it applies to. All they have to hear is what people are unhappy about. What they're unhappy about and what happens. But yeah, actually, you know, I respect, I love HR in a normal way. Um, already getting in trouble. But yeah, respect, you know what? Respect the people that deal with stuff that you're unhappy about. Like your wives, your husbands, your mother. Your kids, you know what, all the shebangs, just instead of going to HR and complaining to them, just go home and appreciate what it could be. So yeah, on that note, welcome to episode 231 of the Alpha Me Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Still redundant. Yeah. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most important ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. That would not be something to say in a work environment at all. But yeah, uh, recording this on October 27th, 2023 at 9.22 p.m. Eastern. Yes, you notice the time's a lot different. I've actually felt like a normal person in society this past week having to wake up when everyone else wakes up, which, you know, is actually kind of nice to be out when people are out. Like, oh, this is how the world operates. But then, you know, you get in traffic enough times at the worst times when you have to leave. Like, why the fuck does everyone leave at the same time, you know? Seems very, like, if you, like if I was running a business or something, I would set up the times to where our start times is just like, you, you, you designate, you assign the air, you understand, which I guess... Actually, no, because now, see, now I just realized how much of an idiot I could be about this thing. Because I was about to say that, hey, why don't we make the times where it's like, hey, if you're late to work, you have no excuse. Because I made it scheduled to where traffic ends at this time, and I give you extra 40 minutes of a grace period to get the work on time. If you're late, you can't blame traffic. I will not accept it. But then at the same time, if you're running a business that's relying on customer service, you're going to rely on people when everyone's out for business. So you're going to open at the times when everyone's out. So at the same time, moral of that is don't open a business. Um, <laughs> no one shows up on time these days. Um, but yeah, it's been a... Uh, Man, you know, I'm very fortunate, I'm very blessed, I'm very proud of myself for, you know, making the necessary sacrifices to better your life, you know? That's a beautiful thing, you know? Um, sacrifice is looked in a lot of ways, you know? You sacrifice a lamb, you sacrifice things you enjoy, you uh, sacrifice... Uh, betting for a week because you realize you should be responsible with your money and you don't want to be on those irresponsible gambling hotlines be like i don't know what happened i funded my mortgage they're like you don't even own a mortgage like oops i think i just stole someone else's mortgage and placed on the celtics and heat um <laughs> god damn it tyler hero make a couple jumpers i watched your off-season workout video you said this was the year um what happens when you take their word for it oh but speaking of actually before I going to 
So I put a there's this big thing, right? To going into sports now. You know, this podcast used to actually be somewhat about sports. I actually remember you know, in remembrance when you hit milestones, I like to look back and I looked back at some old episodes and I remember there was a period of time where I did like my thoughts on NBA teams in the middle of the season and my like thoughts of I actually did like a post game review of like all the games that day and my thoughts on the teams which by the way I was actually pretty accurate in the analysis even if I was unbearable to actually listen to the analysis about but I uh, I did a I did a wager bet that included Bijan Robinson and uh who was the other player it was um Bijan Robinson and I think Lamar Jackson to combine Right, we're talking about Bijan Robinson and Lamar Jackson. They get it combined over a hundred, essentially get a hundred seven rushing yards or more combined. My logic is like, okay, Bijan Robinson's gonna at least at minimum get fourteen carries, even on a slow. Like I'm feeling like you know what, he's gonna at least get fifty ish, sixty ish yards on the low end, and Lamar Jackson. Is gonna get forty to fifty yards, so just right there. And I'm I'm always low ball it, always like he's gonna accidentally rush for forty, and he might have one of those days where he breaks a run and gets 70, 80 yards or whatever. It's like if he just gets enough carries, we're gonna be all right. Like I thought that was one of the most automatic over and unders I've done in a while, right? So like I don't like tracking my bets or my. It's not betting. It's uh, daily fantasy sports. It's like, okay, but you're putting money on an individual. Real money. It's gambling. That's that's the thing with these state laws and shit. I don't know. It's legal, so whatever. But Bijan Robinson, I'm watching the Russian stats, and Lamar Jackson's like, okay, he's okay. He's got four. Like, it's like the third quarter. I'm like. How come, is, how come it only shows Lamar Jackson's? So I look up, and the Falcons have not given this man a goddamn touch. Not a ru- I was like, did this man, like, fuck Arthur Smith's wife? Like, what did this man do? And I'm sorry, but even if, <laughs> if I was a coach, like, I'm sorry, if I'm a coach and Derrick Henry fucks my wife, I'm still giving him 10 carries, you know? Like, all right, he'll suspend you for the quarter, but I got a job to keep. <laughs> Run hard. Um, <laughs> like, hey, man, like, I got a team to coach. If I don't win, I mean, I'm getting divorced anyways. I got to keep making this money. Um, <laughs> but, like, what did this man do? Oh, was he late a couple times in meetings that weeks? Who gives a fuck? And then... It essentially comes out he's not feeling well. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I'm not one of those people like, oh, someone don't feel it's football, just play through it. It's like if you guys ever been really, really sick, it's hard to actually do shit, especially in a physical nature like that. But then it's like after essentially everything comes out, he had a really bad migraine. So and for people to think, oh, that's not serious, like literally Terrell Davis in the Super Bowl, didn't play like a quarter and a half, I believe, because he got to take his migraine medication. Like for people that actually have it, the thing's real. Like it's no joke. And it's not just you have a headache, but you came and focus to the point where everything, you're putting your body at risk of not being active. Your nerves are all out of place. You get hit a certain way. You're functioning and everything. It's not wired to take that type of intense punishment. So you know what? It's like, okay, but they said he woke up that way, and they didn't put him on the injury report or anything. So it's like, okay. Um, they didn't say anything before the game, and I, my thing is like, I think in someone, but I believe actually in recent news, DraftKings, any prop bet, anything that had anything to do with B. John Robinson, they got their money back. If, if without that bet in the prop, they would have won their thing. So, like, if you lost, like, three of your four, and that bet didn't matter, like, no, you were going to lose fucking anyway, so fuck you. 
Like his migraine, you were just going to put DeAndre Hopkins getting under 59 and a half yards and you would have lost that. So, you know what? Fuck you. You're terrible at this shit. We're just stealing your money as is. But if that indicator of Bijan's, you know, bet that you had his prop, it's weird calling players props, but you know what I mean? This situation, it kind of makes it, they actually refunded money. They actually did because now as someone as people brought up, when you start mixing, and I think this is where the duality, I don't know if that's the correct term, but the concern with bringing sports gambling and actually having a personal relationship with the sport itself. There's no secret that the sport knows there are things being gambled on, but they understand that. That means more viewers, more money is being brought in because more people are going to have an interest, blah, blah, it's higher stakes. But they're also worried about players throwing games, players betting, especially betting on their team when they know information that they suck. Like there's already been Calvin Ridley that was suspended for placing a like couple bets. It wasn't even a crazy amount of money. Then there's like the college situation where there's players getting kicked off their teams for doing it. And the NFL, there's like a player here, six game player here, four games, whatever. But this is starting to be a concern because it's now it's like now that we have DraftKings and FanDuel and all these gambling businesses, these corporations, they actually are have a legit legal binding situation with them. So that injury report, the anything that involves the game that could affect the game. If they don't disclose that information for all the betters, for everyone involved, fantasy sports, it's it's going to be a bigger issue than ever before. And people are going to be legitimately mad. And then if they don't disclose it, there's millions, potentially millions of dollars, depending like the B. John Robinson one, it's a significant player to where it actually lost these sports books millions of dollars more than likely. So now it's going to create a weird relationship. It's like, hey, now is these gambling companies, are they going to start having more input on putting pressure on the NFL to really hone in on these injury report rules, be more strict about what the teams need to disclose? When it could be gamesmanship from a coach's perspective, like I'm not going to tell another team when we got someone that's kind of hurt when we don't want to give them that advantage of knowing. But the NFL's like, that's great. But if you don't, we're going to find your team, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, blah, blah, blah. So, and I think we're already starting to see kind of the weird potential issues. This is a small thing. But just imagine if this gets to the playoffs. If this gets to the Super Bowl when people put crazy amount of money on this shit. And someone loses a bet. Say you have these people that put a hundred thousand dollar bet to win like two million dollars or whatever the fuck, and they lose a bet because, um, let's just say Chris Jones, defensive tackle, he has to get half, he has to get one, he has to get over half a sack, right? He has to get over half a sack to hit that prop or whatever. And then we find out in the first quarter, ah, he's been dealing with some hamstring issue. Like, this is news. Ah, yeah, he pulled it in pregame. It's like, oh, well, they didn't disclose any of that. Or we'll just keep on the simpler level. The line spread for the games. Let's say it gets to a quarterback situation. Let's say a spread for a game is like the Chiefs versus, you know, We'll just say the Dolphins, right? Two teams that, you know, are pretty even on the scale when it comes. We'll just say like the Chiefs might be like a three and a half point favorite, right? With Patrick Mahomes and, well, I don't know, with the D, it might be five and a half now because just because they're more real. We'll just say five and a half to be safe. I mean, the difference between if you bet um, the difference will be less than five that the Chiefs will win by or they'll just lose the game. Then you pick the Dolphins winning, you'll win X amount. And if you pick over, that means you choose whatever. But let's find out close to pregame, Patrick Mahomes, he 
you know, tweaks his little calves in the pre and warm-ups. He gets out there, but they don't disclose it. After a couple passes or whatever, he's like, ah, you know, not feeling right. And after a quarter, someone, you know, he just gets taken out of the game because he can't plant his foot, he can't put momentum, he can't throw the ball. So, it's like, okay, well, this was something that happened beforehand. You never disclosed to people who were putting tens and hundreds of millions of dollars down this game on your sports book. When that spread, if we find out going into the game, would have been, who who is actually the Chiefs backup? That's a better question. Oh, Blaine Gabbert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the spread would be a little bit different. They might even actually be, honestly, if... The backup for the Chiefs play compared to Mahomes, they might actually be the underdog. Like, that's how much of a significant gap it is. If people knew that beforehand, people would have scrapped their bets or would have chosen the other side, most definitely. It would change the whole spread because of the impact of one player. Especially someone being the face of the league, and I think now... If a situation like that happens, there might be like legitimate legal issues. We're going to court, suing. They didn't, the NFL didn't follow the rules and stuff like that. And then it's like people lost hundreds of millions of dollars over information that wasn't disclosed. Even though gambling is still a gamble, it's still a bet. Nothing's guaranteed. You're not going to be guaranteed to be given all the facts. But you know what? Um, I say is what it is. So, yeah. Anyways, going back to the important stuff. Um, Jesus, I went on a bigger tangent than every conversation I ever had with anyone. Um, (laughs) but, um, it's kind of interesting. You know, when you take going back to, you know. You know, as the kids say, leveling up, right? Um, You know, this whole leveling up thing. You know what I really realize? I'm a, I realize the more you level up, the less work. When you get around people that are making more than you in a place... Like you really realize, like, man, you guys do absolutely fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that out loud, but it's not lying. Like, let me like when you're actually around, like, people that get paid pretty well or more than the lowly people in the totem pole. You realize, like, oh, it is so much different of. What is actually like, it's crazy how there's like two separate worlds in one place. You know, typically if you like, if you go to a Chuck E. Cheese, right, you don't expect the playground to be all this hoopla hoopla. And then you go over to, you know, the whack-a-mole area and then it's just like, you know, a bunch of people drinking Chardonnay and shit. Like, that's not really how it goes. It's not a bunch of people... It's not like a family. I don't know why I'm envisioning like the woman's family on Get Out when they're all like, "Ah, yes, it's nice to meet you." Oh wow, you look fascinating. And she starts touching his face and stuff, and then you know, we all know how that goes. Um, Anytime the mother starts touching your face, you're like, "Oh, I'm an adorable chipmunk." Um, (laughs) Uh. I'm not a big fan of getting my cheek smashed um, <laughs> by by the hand on my actual face. Not Jesus, I gotta clarify everything these days. You can't just take word of mouth. Well, I guess if you do fart and she's in your butt, that is word of mouth. <laughs> oh Jesus, I'm gonna get fired one day. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, now that's a nut job. All right. Um, but, um, yeah, that's the thing, like, that, that's why, like, I, you know, 
almost like when you see it up close, you you realize more of like, oh, this whole thing of the more you get paid, the harder you have to work. It's absolutely not true at all. You have to work so much harder when you're getting paid less. It's like, I'll say this. I think the hardest you have to work is not when you're at the lowest. It's when you're at like the second-ish lowest. Because it's like, hey, now we're giving you even a little bit more money. So we're going to be watching more to see if you even earn this. But then once you get past that, you get to the next level. Oh, it's psh. it's like you're coasting. You know, it's a free, you know, it's just, it's just falling into your bank account. You know, and I'm not saying that jobs are easier the more you get, because obviously there's different stress levels. There's different capacities. There's so much different stuff you have to deal with that no one sees, but just of what it's like, it's easy when you watch someone who's like in the mud, as the kids say, you know, they're in the mud. As Drake would say, I pull my brothers out of the mud like I'm training Marines. Um, it's like, Drake, instead of pulling them out, why don't you just get down there with them and, you know, get back to being on the level of rap as J. Cole? Because um, it seems like J. Cole's trying to pull you out the mud. Um, uh, but... Yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. When you get, like, your first promotion. And I'm speaking very general because it's not. I, I just want to speak more on, like, the essence of a relatability to regards to where, like. You start realizing when you get, like, your first, like, promotion. You start kind of seeing, like, how things operate wherever it is. And you kind of have your own thoughts, like. You went from being in a position where you just were just like everyone else. You know, you weren't looked at any different. You were just kind of there with everyone else. You know, you walk by everyone else. Everyone's just in and out, whatever. Now you're in a position where it's like everyone pays attention to you in a way that's like watching everything you do because now it's like they once saw you as one of them, but now you're in a position where you can't be just one of them. You have to be an example of the father they never had. Um, (laughs) No, but you have to be, you have to be an example of, oh, I can do that too. But in their head, you're still that person that just did the same job that they did. But now you're not. Now, sometimes you're telling them like, hey, you need to do your job. Um, it's a weird it's a weird thing to be in, you know. Like in that first time where you actually have responsibility to do stuff, the first time you actually have responsibility to kind of be put in uncomfortable situations to potentially make people upset at you but not on purpose but you got to hold people accountable where when when you just have when you're just working with everyone let's just say you're on the same position relatively like most people aren't comfortable just saying like hey man you need to do your job better like it's not really your place like you just kind of have to work with it or work around it when someone's not competent or they're getting in the way and stuff like that like it's not your job to be like Hey, man, like, you really need to fucking get it together, like, because you don't want to create unnecessary problems with people you got to see every day, but when you're in a position where you may have to create and be, you may have to create that uncomfortable reality that, hey, if you don't do your job, I have to hold you accountable, and you may not like me, it's different, right? And I think that's the biggest adjustment when you take on a role that requires that out of you it's not about being liked or not liked because depending on your personality people like me like i don't really care all that much or something like but i don't want to i don't want to go into a situation every day where you have to 
deal with someone's unhappiness all the time. But that's also just sometimes, just anywhere you're going to be, anywhere you're going to work. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I brought all that up to say, you realize less is more. Um, <laughs> more is less. And people assume that when you get to better positions, they just assume that you're more competent. And from my observations, in my experience working anywhere, there's more incompetence in people that get paid more than you, than anything. Like, you'd be really surprised. But yeah, I just hope to be competent. And speaking of competent, moving on, Jizzy Jazzy Jeff. Uh, apparently Jada's book, which I actually found out the name of it, Worthy. I guess it's not worthy enough of your dollar. Um, <laughs> I promise I didn't pre-plan that. And it seemed like from what people say, she didn't really pre-plan too much of her, you know, approach to actually writing the book. Because apparently, worthy is uninteresting. It is very self-indulgent, which I guess is all memoir is. And to be honest, like, I don't think anyone's ever been like, you know what, if I need some, in- if I want to read some interesting, it doesn't even have to be like someone's giving you some valuable advice. It doesn't have to be a book about someone teaching you how to finance. It doesn't have to be a book about how to teach you or really bring, sometimes like, fine, if I want to, I want to at least be entertained. I don't care if it's absurd. I just want like some interesting. When has someone ever been like, you know what, I really need to know what Jada Pinkett did. No, because, and someone brought this up, and I, I think it's pretty obvious now, it's pretty apparent, because Will is still helping her promote her quote-unquote truth, that, that's what she always likes to call it. all all these ladies, and men, you know, men say this shit too, you know what, I gotta tell my truth, I'd rather live in my truth than die in my lie. I was like, you know, sometimes you don't have to tell your truth. You could just not say anything to everyone else and keep it within a certain amount of people. That's what your close friends are for. Your close friends are not there to tell you that, you know, you and Will aren't working. And then you actually go do it. Sometimes you just, oh, you just keep it in the circle. What happened to the days you just kept it within the group? It didn't have to be posted in a group chat. And that's, you know, I think what a lot of people are starting to realize is without, like, she, being with Will is honestly more of a uh, driving factor to keep her relevant. Because if she's not with Will, especially at this point in her career, no one really looks at her in any type of fame in any type of fame, nostalgic, she's not currently relevant for anything she's done in movies or her work. Everything is based off her memoir, her podcast, or the Red Table talking. Talking about things that don't need to be out there. And she always like to stress, you know, these people always like to stress their, we're in a lifetime. Like anytime someone says we're in a lifetime partnership. It's like, you don't really make it sound like this is the lifetime of something you want to be a part of. It's always like stressing like, yeah, we know it sucks, but we, we're in a lifetime partnership. And it's like, all right, hopefully it sucks less over time. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, I don't get... I honestly just, and I think apparently someone actually broke down her sales in each, like, category. Like, New York Times bestseller, I think it was, like, 144th. And then for another list, it was, like, 70-something for Kindle, the audiobook app. It was, like, 2,770-something. I'm like, Jesus. Um, I just think people... It's one of those things where there's certain people, they want you to care about 
stuff about them to the point where they're willing to sacrifice everything else to make it happen. And she's kind of at that point where I think she knows, like, without this extra drama, without her telling her truth, without her always talking in ways about Will, with her talk, without her talking about a past love from 27 years ago in Tupac. And, like, if you're a Tupac's family, you're like, shut the fuck up. Like, can you just not talk about someone who passed away tragically for your own benefit? Like, you're literally using a dead person's name for clout who hasn't been alive for a long time. While the person you've been with for a long time is right there. And you're like, yeah, you know, he's great and all. But no one made me... Feel the wisdom of life like Tupac, you know? And it's just like, all right. And Jada seems like one of those people that every family she's ever, every man she's ever been with, every mother that she has met, I don't feel like the mother's liked her. I get that type of vibe from her. Oh, you can't make generalizations about someone you don't know. It's like, you're right. I didn't know, but she made me know. And now I know what I don't want to know. You know, I'm not trying to set it off, but she opened the glorious hole to this Madagascar. Um, couldn't just be with Melvin, huh? Could never just be with Melvin. Melvin was the guy. You know how long he could have stuck that giraffe's neck up your butthole? Um, <laughs> actually, she should have been with uh, Marty, you know. It's kind of weird. That's the thing that gets pushed aside from all the... Like, they legitimately did, like, a whole franchise together. He was Marty. She was Gloria. I guess that's why they never really were together in the movie. There was some tension, you know? Yeah, but you know what? That's that's all I got for that. Um, <laughs> if I were to write a book, what would my title be? Imagine a 28-year-old guy writing a book about his life. What I would talk about right now. Like, it would not be anything worse. Like, it would just be a lot of past drama. It would be a lot of, in seventh grade, I did X, Y, and Z. And it was a traumatic moment. And people like, oh, wow. Everyone in seventh grade did that. Yeah, but when I did it, it was different. So... Yeah, if I write a memoir, <laughs> I'd be doing some like lame ass promo for my podcast, like suddenly putting my hat in it or fucking getting a tattoo. Look, man, I'm a pretty, look, I'm a corny guy. I wouldn't, look, I enjoy the show. I don't care if I do the show for the rest of my life. I'm never getting my the name of my podcast on my body. I'm sorry. Just not doing it. Certain things, like, you know what? You don't have to get a tattoo of everything that's meaningful to you. You don't want to be Pete Davidson getting a picture or getting a woman you've been with for four months. A daughter's, her daughter's name, who she has a, who's like barely a few months old or whatever. Or a few years old. On your body. When you got a crazy ass dude. Who's going off the rails named Kanye. And you don't want to be that guy. That fought like the fall. It's not even fall in love. Like the dude legitimately got someone's kid on their body. That's not their kid. Legally in any type of way. Now he's not even like a step. He was never even like a stepfather. Like honestly like that's the type of stuff. Like there's certain things that should be banned. We should, there should be someone that, there should be some type of law where, like, you can't do that. You just can't, right? And if you do that, you have to pay, like, eight times the price of this tattoo. Like, you really want to do this stupid shit? If I owned owned a tattoo shop and someone came in and I asked them that, and that's what they told me, I would stop right there and be like, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to just not do this, and 
you can, you know, do a poll online and you can do a shame video, give me a one star review, and then put the reason why I refused your service. And everyone's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to have 20 other people in there like, you know what? Give this guy a five star review. He's doing you a favor. Because you were going to get on your upper back and you're the guy that wear like skinny tank tops that go down your undeveloped upper lat. And you would have the tattoo like right under there. And it would say, Sh-. it would say like Sheila. Actually, no, what's a kid's name? Be like a uh, Daisy. I don't know who names their kid Daisy these days. Because you know what? If, I was in, if you're in like elementary, middle school and a girl's named Daisy, you'll be like, oh. I'll put my duke in your hazard box. If you're a kid of that age. Just saying. Jesus, that came out really bad. If you're a 7th grader talking to a 7th grader. Alright. Jesus. You know, it's like the the one joke. Or one comedian is like. I forgot who it was. But I saw a recent where he's like. Hey look, once upon a time. I, you know, I loved seventh grade girls when I was in seventh grade. Actually, I think he said like fifth grade girls because he's making an analogy. But like, you know, you know, it must really suck to be a pedophile, you know? And I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you know, like you got to feel really bad, you know, because everyone else, you know, when we like we we like fourth graders when we were in fourth grade. And when we got older, we adjusted our taste to our age. When they got older, they had a hard time adjusting. You gotta feel bad, you know? Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um. <sighs> Actually, so I saw, I came across a story. Well, it was covered by a pretty big YouTube channel. YouTube channel only has like, I don't know, 14 million subscribers. But brought awareness. And I almost didn't believe it was real, right, at first. I was like, this can't be. So there's this gym owner in California, I believe, right? For background, he owns a 24-hour ladies-only gym. First of all, I didn't even know you could do that. People have always joked about ladies should, girls should only have their gym and men should have options of our own gym because of all the stuff that happens in gyms and stuff, all the creepy shit, the recording, you know what? Cool. You know what I, you know what I think about that though? I honestly think if that happened and there were gyms where it was just women and just men, I don't think, I think for both parties, to be fair... I don't think they would continue going to those gyms. I don't think women would only go to women's gyms on a consistent basis. That'd be some like once in a while, but they would have two memberships because sometimes people want to go to gyms where there's the opposite sex. It's a different environment. Like, and I think also for guys, like, I think I think honestly the guy version would be a lot more realistic like I think after a while like if you're actually very serious about working out lifting you wouldn't mind because it's more about being around people that have a similar interest in what you're doing have a similar understanding of like etiquette and stuff like that and like what you're going for and you typically match that energy of working around each other so I think a guy's only gym could be a lot more successful in terms of people staying there and having consistent memberships in an all-woman's gym, to be honest. It's not being sexist. It's not being crazy. I think, honestly, most most women, if they heard that and really thought about it, they'd be like, you know what? Probably, yeah. Because, honestly, like, who wants to just go to the gym all the time with their girlfriends? You typically want to go do, like, 85,000 other things. Then just go to the gym to get gym is like some my my observation with girls that are friends. Gym is like some they go to for forty minutes after they ate at Chick Fil A because it's like, oh, I have mom's car today. We could just drive around and waste ninety eight miles on it around town. Go here and get a boba tea after, 
And then after we go out to eat, and then after we go, you know, do all this other shit. Where it's like, guys, it's like, we just go to the gym a couple hours, you know, maybe pick up, you know, some unhealthy otter's chicken or go pick up some bullshit food, some wing stop. And then say, all right, man, I'll see you next time. Yes, we'll be at the gym for unnecessarily three hours. But we'll have four hours and we just did two things. Girls that are friends, you know, we're like, oh, I want we want to go here, but I don't want to do everything there. Then I want to go here. Then we could go get drinks. And it's like, it's like you just spent like $185. Um, you could have just went to the gym and got Wingstop and that would have been like an $18 day. Um, <laughs> Well, that's why I don't think the girls only gym and the men's only gym would work specifically. I think, believe it or not, the inclusion of both is actually most beneficial. You know, guys got to ego lift. Guys got to have something to look towards to, especially guys that don't get any poom poom. And the ladies have got to bend over for something. They ain't bending over for another girl to look at their glutes. Well, I mean, I don't know, some might, um, <laughs> but, you know, tease their own. Um, those hip thrusts ain't going to waste, um, which, by the way, I did I did the glute, like, there's this new glute machine at my gym. I was looking sus as fuck, um, <laughs> but I gotta tell you, man, I did a lot better than I thought, almost too good. Even though I've seen I've seen girls on those machines like on the internet be doing like three plates on each side on that and like oh yeah you know it's different like it's like I would never do that machine in front of more than two people ever like that's not something you just do like at five thirty in the afternoon when there's like fifteen different people in your small gym. Yeah, some guy going across doing cable crosses, another guy doing try, another guy doing rows, and in front of three guys, you're just thrusting like, oh yeah, glutes, 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 hips, ooh, and then your bulge is hanging out of your skimpy pants. It's like you know what, time and place. If it doesn't happen between one a.m. and five a.m., not doing it. But oh, but anyway, going back to the story. So this guy. Has a 24-hour women's only gym. No one find that interesting? A guy that owns a woman's only gym and he's a fucking frat dude. Like the dude talk like the dude. Or first of all, he was like, you know, I knew in my criminal record when he's he did a sit down interview with the local news saying like, hey, you know what? I should just talk about this accusation publicly. The accusation, well, turned out to be true. This man put a camera, shocker, in the woman's bathroom. You can't do that anywhere. You can't put cameras in a bathroom in any public establishment. You just can't. It's literally against the law. This man opened a woman's gym, and he thought someone was stealing. A woman was stealing out of the woman's bathroom or stealing something. It's like the only thing someone could be stealing out of your bathroom, regardless if it's a big commercial bathroom or a small one, is paper towels, someone's leftover body wash, your curtains, some toilet paper, a plunger, like your trash bags. I don't know. What, are they stealing like some dumbbells? Are they stealing uh, some freaking, you know, yoga mats or some BOSU balls? Like, I don't like... I think it would be pretty easy to tell if someone's stealing something because you just have the cameras outside the bathroom and see who came out during the time frames where the stuff was missing. Then you could break down who took it or at least, you know, narrow it down. And apparently he didn't even hide the camera that well. It was pretty blatant. And the new, he's like, you know, see, I knew when they started coming after me for this, I knew in my history. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, so the guy with a criminal history that's like seven or eight different things from apparently one of the things, he had too much testosterone shit in his house, probably distribution to sell. 
different kind of weird. There wasn't anything crazy like federal. It was a lot of stuff that's just like one of those things like, yeah, none of these are that bad. But they kind of have a reflection on the type of dude that would open an all-woman's gym that seems like a guy that kind of wants to capitalize on certain things. This is why you got to be careful, dudes. Like, oh, see, I'm all for everything. These are the type of guys that open gyms so they can look at the cameras all day, have an excuse to look at cameras at their gym just to probably beat their shit at home. Like, this guy did not open a woman's gym because he was at a gym one day. He's like, you know, only if these women just had a personal space to, you know, express their glutes, you know? Um, <laughs> only if they just had a personal space to just not get bothered. Well, I got an idea. Where the fuck did this guy get money to open a gym? He had all this criminal history in a bank where it's going to give this guy a business loan? He had to have money doing something. It was probably something sketchy. I don't know his career before then, but I'm just saying, Jim is not a very profitable business for years. That's typically how this stuff goes. So, but I guess if you open an all men's gym, then I don't know, maybe people think you're the other way. Maybe you're kind of like, ooh. Or you're just very passionate about lifting. Um, <laughs> but like, if I was a woman and I was getting a membership at a place where I'm like, you know what? This is my place to just be around people I want to be with. Be around comfort of woman, feminine, you know, all that good stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I get a membership and I look up the business and I see the owner of this is a guy. I'm going to immediately probably not get a membership there. Probably not. Unless he look like Mario Lopez, and you know, by all means. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this. I'm just looking. I'm and this dude's like trying to rationalize. Like, well, you know, I put it in there because you know I want to. Know, and he keeps on saying, "I know how it looks," but guys, I'm telling you. It's not, I knew they were going to make it look like it was something. It's not. It's like, no, it looks exactly like it looks like. Like you broke, you literally just broke a law that's pretty clear in day. The putting a camera in a bathroom that's supposed to be private. People are changing in there, taking shits, you know, having bloody episodes, you know, whatever woman do. I bet he was, you know what? I bet he was so inconsiderate. He didn't even put like a pad or tampon separate trash can. Like even when I worked at McDonald's, we had those separate tampon pad trash cans. And my God, those things smell horrific. Like (laughs) you do not introduce the youth to that smell. We are not ready. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's why I can't smell nothing now. Um, <laughs> I got so immune to changing that shit every day. And the worst part would be the days where you didn't work. And the old man that filled your maintenance spot didn't put a trash can there. So you just have people throwing nasty shit in there. And guess who has to hand wash that shit out? This guy. But you know what? That's the stuff that will make you want better for your life. And... So I quit three months later just to get a job that actually paid 50 cents less an hour. Um, <laughs> but I got to work with my best friends. Um, but yeah. Look. These all women gyms, these all men gyms, these all gym anything. The issue isn't that we need to isolate gyms. The issue is people just need to learn... How to be in a group of people with the opposite sex and just operate. You don't have to have an HR department to know to keep your hands in your pants. Well, actually, no, don't keep your hands in your pants. Keep it out of your pants. Just don't pull anything out of the pants as you're putting your hand out of your pants. Well, keep your hands in your pockets, your side pockets, not your back pockets. 
because then you might be squeezing something else back there, which maybe you should be in all men's gym. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool, but um, God damn it, you dude, you fucking niblet. Always jumping and shit. This cat's like American Ninja Warrior with his tongue sticking out. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I think, you know, I actually think, like, the whole, like, gym interaction things, I actually feel like a lot of that crazy shit's happened less because I think people just don't want to go and deal with that shit. But I also think the videos that are posted on the internet reflect, like, 0.001% of the crazy gym interactions. Like, I can literally name one occasion where I saw two dudes, like, actually legitimately, like, yelling at each other in a gym over something involved with the gym. Like, them crossing paths with each other. The only time. And I'm a regular goer. You know? And these crazy videos are like isolated incidents. Are people that off camera solicited the worst out of people. Egging them on and recorded it. Which is going to cause someone to be more angry. So I think the internet has actually scared people. to really think we need this. When in reality, y'all just need to know how to act. Y'all just don't act right. Like, the gym is going to have to start needing, like, an HR department within itself. Just like, all right, so what's the creepy interaction you had this week? Well, Gerald on the treadmill. uh, (laughs) Or, uh, you know Josh, the guy with the steroid face and has acne all over his body. And, you know, every time he, uh, you know, uses 100-pound dumbbells to do incline presses where he does half the motion, he slams it down. Yeah, he uh, he told me if I was older, he would leave his wife for me. You know, it's like, it's like, isn't he younger than you? And she's like, yeah. It's like, oh, we got a kinky grandmother fetish guy here. Um, <laughs> are you saying I age? I'm like, I ain't saying you lose an age. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. You're like uh, Becky with the good skin. Well, that's not right to say because if you say anyone with a light complexion has good skin, that means you must hate darker skin, which is not the case. You could just compliment someone's skin and it's not color related. Just like, man, you know, you really take care of yourself. I love that term. You know what? You just look like you take care of yourself. It's like, that's interesting because I actually... Don't take care of much of anything. Um, like I actually got a compliment today. Like, your face. She did this, like, your face. I don't know what it is. But it looks good. And I'm like... Alright. So I gotta think. Did it not look good before? Or do I just look extra shiny? Um... <laughs> No, but it was a compliment. It wasn't anything like that. Was, she's generally like just a nice complimentary person. She compliments everyone when I go and pick up my coffee from there. She's a very nice woman. But yeah. Look, we people just need to learn how to act right. It's really not that difficult. You know, you just look at each other and be like, nice bunts. I would, but you know. I'm on a pescatarian diet, so I guess I'll settle for your fish and chips. Crunch, crunch. Um, and then she opens her mouth, and her teeth look like a British person. And you're like, am I? You know, I actually don't find British the British voice to be like that attractive. I don't get it. Maybe it's a girl that like a girl with a British voice. I guess isn't as Attractive as a guy with a British voice. Well, I don't know. There's certain type. There's that like low toned British voice where it's like when they're doing commentary videos and they're like, well, then Love Island. That was Australian. I can't even do the voice. Love Island was so beautiful. But yeah. Oh, Jesus. And I'm about to desert myself off this island because my camera's about to die. That was episode 231 of the Off Me Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to get the merch off the website I haven't opened yet. I will charge $800 for this hat. 
Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe to the notification. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. So, yeah, have a great day. Morning, night, sunrise. And I'm letting the camera go till it hits the hour mark. You know, this camera's so inconsistent with how long the time can go. But, yes, have a great day. And don't forget to follow on Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube. And, yeah, have a good one.